0: that reading starts, that they got up early while it was still dark. Now, in my experience, you tend not to get up early uh, while it's still dark, um, unless you haven't been sleeping well. Um, The other night, I needed to get up early. I'd had this thing about trying to capture uh, a sunrise on Easter Sunday morning, but I knew that it was gonna be a little bit overcast uh, this morning, so actually I went out on Saturday morning uh, to try and catch the sunrise, but I made, I made this fatal mistake, well not fatal mistake, a little error. Uh, what I did is I looked on, uh, I looked on a particular weather app uh, to see when the sun would be rising, and what it told me was that it was going to be rising at 5.21 in the morning. So at just after five o'clock, I bounced out of bed, and was up on the hill above the wreck um, uh, at about quarter past five, and thinking, where is this sunrise? <laughs> uh, at that point, uh, I checked uh, slightly more reliable UK sources and realized that the sun uh was due to rise at 6:21. So I, you know, I had a good hour on the hillside praying for Western and praying for Bath and, and waving at the occasional walker or runner who came past me. These days that we're in can feel a little bit like we're on a hillside waiting for the sun to come up and wondering whether it ever will. But do you know what? It does come up. The sun comes up every morning. Jesus has risen from the dead. He did not stay in the tomb. And that means that we are people of hope. Even, even in this current set of circumstances, we are people of hope. They were there early that morning to prepare Jesus' body for burial. You see, there hadn't been time on that Friday night to finish the preparations because they had to rest up on the Sabbath. And they were there with their hopes and their dreams in tatters. They had hoped for so much and, and everything was incomplete and unfinished. Yes, Jesus had talked about going to Jerusalem. He'd talked about suffering. He'd talked about uh, his death. But they hadn't got it. They hadn't understood. And they couldn't have imagined what those last few days Would have been. And so they rise early to complete the preparations for Jesus' burial. But none of them had really rested. They hadn't had a Sabbath rest. I'm sure they'd been unable to sleep. Is the dream really over? It probably is. They haven't got much left. You see, the Romans were really good at killing people. And the Romans didn't make mistakes. As we find ourselves in this season of lockdown, it looks like it's going to carry on for who knows how long. There is so much that is unfinished and so much that will be unfinished. One of the stories that keeps on coming out is is of relatives having to, to say farewell to their beloved ones through a window as they go into hospital and some of them don't return and it's incomplete, it's unfinished grief. John's Gospel is absolutely amazing, it, I mean they're all my favourites, they're all good but um, this is uh, this is one of my favourites and um, yes Ken we're thinking about the people who are sleeping badly in Twerton as well and we're praying for rest for all of us. John's gospel is fantastic. It is this kind of picture, this painting as it were, where where the other writers follow this more traditional timeline, John is like an artist with too much paint and he opens his gospel with this kind of cosmic landscape of of the story of creation and it's got echoes of the first book of the Bible, of Genesis. And then it goes on to follow this interplay of light and darkness and they crash into one another. But as we come to this passage, there's this amazing echo of the garden. You see, John writes about all that God has done in the gap between that creation account where people fell away and now and so John highlights this with this brilliant aside Mary Magdalene is looking for Jesus in the garden and a man comes to speak to her and the man says woman why are you crying who is it that you are looking for and maybe that's your question this morning You're looking for someone and you've not found him yet, but you know what? He's alive and he's here and he's with you right now and his name is Jesus. On that morning, this man says, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? And she says this, thinking that he was the gardener. It's an amazing aside. You see, with that one phrase, John sets it right back in the original garden. But rather than a garden of tragedy, this is a garden of restoration and of reset. And that's what we need now. It's one of the things that I think God is doing in this season, is he's providing a reset for us. Jesus calls our name and everything changes. Everything changes. It's the beginning of hope. Even though the rest of it doesn't make sense yet. Hope has begun. And so there they are. All that day there have been stories of hope. The tomb was empty. The grave clothes had been lying still in place. Mary has given this wild report about angels and about meeting Jesus. Could it all be true? What did it mean? And there's these hundreds of verses of scripture that have been imprinted on their young minds on the followers of Jesus and they're recalling them and sifting them and trying to make them make sense but but how could it make any sense people don't rise from the dead except except with Jesus they do rise from the dead he has already raised the widow's son he's already raised Jairus's daughter he's already raised Lazarus and and what was it that he said no one takes it from me but I have laid it down of my own accord I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again this charge I received from my father There's a lot of fear around right now. If you go for a walk, everyone keeps their distance. If you go to the shops, you have to follow the one-way system and and follow that two-metre rule there for all of our safety. There's a lot of fear around. But we, we are Easter people. We are people of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We know the end of the story. And we have been filled with hope and with life and with faith. And we know that death is not the last word. That he has got eternal life for us. In fact, that eternal life has begun now. If you don't yet know that, you can know that this morning. The eternal life that Jesus has got for you is available right now. We know that death doesn't have the last word. Even if our bodies die, whether it's from age or from coronavirus or from cancer, we know that death is not the end. And we don't have to be afraid. Because we have a friend and his perfect love drives out fear. On the evening of that first day they were gathered together with the doors locked why because they were afraid and we do get afraid we do get fearful that's why we need to hear Jesus say peace be with you Jesus comes and he stands among them their first reaction I think was enough of a mind flip Jesus standing amongst them and he's alive. It's true. He did it for others. But he he, he is alive. He's come back to life. He has really done it. How much would that mess, does that mess with our heads? The first mind flip is enough. But the second one, I think, tips them over the edge. He really is who he said he is. Jesus really is the Messiah. This really is God come in person. The great I am. The one who appeared to Abraham and to Moses. And he's here and he's just walked in through a locked door into the room. The fear of the Jews has just turned into the fear of the living God and so Jesus says to them peace be with you and their fear starts to turn to joy. He surrendered to the cross and his friends had to run. The Romans thought that it was done, the enemy thought that he had won, but Jesus knows it's really done. You see, you can't lock down Jesus. Death can't hold him, the tomb won't keep him, locked doors won't restrict him, fear runs from him, peace comes with him, and the spirit flows through him and into us. You can't lock down Jesus. So he says it again, peace be with you. And then he sends them out and he breathes on them and says, receive the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. And that's what I'd love us to do this morning. I'd love us to receive afresh the Holy Spirit. You see, you can't lock down Jesus, but there is a lock that he can't get through. The father gave him authority to lay down his life and to take it up again. But you have authority over your own heart and mind. You can lock him out. And if you lock him out, then you'll have to stay there in that room of yours with all that fear and all that worry by yourself. But if you are willing, if you are willing, you can unlock the door of your heart even this morning. And he will come in and he will bring you joy and life and peace. And his perfect love casts out fear. There's no better way to live. And I'd love us to pray right now. I'd love us to pray that we would allow Jesus back into our hearts again. Knowing that we do fear. That we are afraid, that we are unsettled, that we do get down. But as we allow him in, he comes and fills us afresh and gives us the gift of his joy and his peace and his life. So I'd like to invite each and every one of us this morning to unlock the doors of our hearts, to allow Jesus in. And whether you've done this a hundred times before or whether you haven't done this before, I'd love you to pray with me right now. So let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you that you came in person. And you might want to pray along with me in the quietness of your heart. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are God. Thank you that you died on the cross to deal with all the sin, all the mess, to pay for it so that I can be forgiven. Jesus, forgive me of the things I have and will do wrong and come and fill me afresh with your life, with your joy, with your peace. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit you are welcome here, come and fill us afresh and even where you are now, in your room, alone or with family and friends, receive afresh the Holy Spirit